Hey folks, hope your quarantine's going well. The guest on this podcast is singer-songwriter Anne-Marie Willio, who was all set to release her new album, Cheval Géant, at a big show at the West End Cultural Centre on April 19th, which, if you're listening to the podcast, the day it comes out. That's today. So unfortunately, because of this situation we're all living through, that didn't happen. But if you're tuning in again on the day this happens, you can go to her Facebook page and check out a great live performance of the entire album from start to finish on Sunday night. This interview is with Anne-Marie and with her bassist slash tuba player slash various horn player Ian Cherry. And we talked about the record, we talked about, you know, how things are going with social distancing and with their attempts at, at still getting out there and playing their music despite being in lockdown, and a whole bunch more. It's a really fun conversation. Uh, if you're a really long-time listener, one of those real good listeners to the podcast, you may have heard Anne-Marie on an episode of the show, I think it must be about six years ago now, um, as a member of the group Shea Willie. And so that episode is cool, but this one I think is a lot better in the sense that you know, that was a great group, but she's now releasing her own music under her own name, and uh, it's a really, really good record. So I hope you enjoy the show. I hope you tune in to Anne-Marie's Facebook on Sunday. It's one of those Facebook Live things, so even if you miss it, it'll be probably online in perpetuity. And yeah, have a good one. Stay safe out there. Get up off your ass and get up on the podcast! Welcome to Witch Police Radio. I'm doing another remote call, as is the new normal. Um, and if you've been listening to the show at any point in the past few months, this is what it is now. I'm <laughs> just calling people over the internet. And uh, it's cool, though, because it, you know... Oh, that was weird. That kind of thing yeah. happens. That's, that's, that's what's cool about doing it uh, over the phone, over the internet. But um, I think the best way to get this started is if you want to just introduce yourselves, and I know there's a lot to talk about, and we can just sort of go from there once listeners can put a name to the voice. Okay. Um, well, my name is Anne Marie Willio, and I'm Ian Cherry. Okay, cool. And Anne Marie, we obviously know each other. I mean, you've been on the podcast yes. way, way, way back when you were with Shay Willie uh, in, yes. in the very early days of this. Um, and we've known each other for a long time. But um, mm-hmm. you have a new project that is about to come out, and I guess that's maybe where we should start. Um, how? <laughs> I don't mean to laugh at you, but how how has it been having this thing ready to go and, and recorded and ready to put out, and then this this happens? You get stuck right in the middle of a pandemic. Uh, well, it was a uh, pretty disheartening, actually, for me. Um, well, for all of us because we didn't even like get to like serious rehearsal time. Yeah. And then this, like I was starting to like set them up and, you know, like there was a lot of momentum towards this. Um, and then, it's, and I did promotion, you know, like I was, yeah, I was working towards uh, April 19th, which was the date. And, and, you know, I don't normally put on really big shows. Yeah. You do and, house shows and coffee shop shows and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah. I do little shows. And then for this one, we were like, okay, let's do a big show. Let's get, we were going to be eight of us on stage at oh, wow. some points. And I booked the West End and like had like printed tickets, which is something that I, you know, so I was like, okay, I'm going to go for it. I'm going to do a big show. And so then there was like a lot of work towards that and a lot of, uh, sure. yeah, there was, there was a lot of built build up, you know, and finding alternate like um, Nat, uh, Nathaniel Felicitas plays on the album, okay. uh, but she's super pregnant right now. So I actually are, already had found like an alternate 
bass player for the oh, wow. show or not bass sorry cello, cello player yeah. uh a- another nat another nat uh, seriously Nathaniel same name Fraze. okay yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it was supposed to be nathaniel and it was gonna be well yeah nathaniel played on the album and nathaniel was gonna play <laughs> seamless at the show i know yeah. right just like uh, switch the nats yeah. um <laughs> And and we had a violinist that was going to fly in from Quebec oh, wow. to come play. And, you know, like, it was just like, anyway. Um, and then it's like, oh, no, canceled. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, it was it was kind of, it was actually pretty heartbreaking. Um, but now we're like, okay, well, there's nothing that we can do about it. Yeah. Um, I feel like I waited until... I knew for sure that it couldn't happen. You know, like I kind of didn't cancel it and didn't cancel it. And then eventually when they did that um, state of emergency where they closed, like April 19th was like the last of those 30 days. Yeah, yeah. So then then there was no choice after that. Like even if we'd wanted to, like, yeah. It was over, yeah, yeah. It was over, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, are you sitting on like a box of the albums now, just waiting for an opportunity? To... Uh, four boxes. Four boxes. Wow, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when, uh, like, uh, when they arrived, Ian was like, "So, how, how many albums did you get?" And I was like, "A thousand. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, "A thousand albums. Where are we gonna put them all?" Yeah. And then, like, uh, yeah. yeah. And Marie, we just moved in together, okay. so we're we're navigating storage space because <laughs> we're both. I had a house, and she had a house. Yeah. We both used to being the only person in our house, and so now it's one house with two people's stuff uh, and a thousand albums and a thousand albums. Yeah, and you're stuck in quarantine. Yeah. Well, I mean, I mean there's worse. I'm, I'm still working, right? So, <laughs> right, right, yeah. right. Sure, sure. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah. I, the reason I wanted to start with that is because, like, I, I know you were excited about the album. I saw the event thing on Facebook and I was like, oh, it's the West End. It's a big show. I wanted to go. And then mm-hmm. it's like on the list of all these shows that I wanted to go to or attempt to go to. And then it's yeah. just all flushed down the toilet. Like, it's, it sucks. So, do you have any idea of how you're going to, how are you going to do this now? Like, do you still, are you just going to hold on to it until things become more normalized or? Uh, no, well, what we're going to do now is on, like, on April 19th, we're going to do a Facebook Live. Oh, nice. Just Ian, just Ian and me, um, right here <laughs> in the music room, um, and we're just at 7 Winnipeg time. Cool, cool. <laughs> uh, at night, not in the morning. Oh, yeah, I hope uh, so, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah so we're, we're just going to do a little show, just Ian and I, like, run through the album. Oh, cool, okay. And, so we're calling it the the little mini album launch, um, and I'm gonna release it online yeah. uh, on that day too, on the 19th. Um, and I've started to do like pre-sales, like through e-transfers, and okay. people just send me their um, their email addresses if they want to order a, a, a physical copy. Cool. Um, so yeah, that, so we're still releasing it, but. Uh, I still want to do like a big show when we can. It's just I have no idea when we'll be able to do that. So yeah. I guess we'll see. Yeah. <laughs> do you feel that maybe you have an advantage in the sense that, you know, I know you said you were helping to have eight people on stage at the, at the release show. And obviously it's a much bigger thing than you're used to doing. But you have mm-hmm. all this experience playing small, intimate shows. And as much as it's a bummer that you can't do it in front of a live audience, it almost seems like Facebook Live is well suited to you because 
you, and I mean that in the best way possible, right? Like you, you have that experience playing very small rooms and like backyards and whatever, right? So yeah. Yes. Well, yeah, I played in your backyard. Yeah, you did, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Do you, do you want to talk about the walking shows? Oh yeah. Well, we've been doing little shows. <laughs> I saw that on Facebook. Yeah, yeah. Explain that. That sounds really cool. Uh, yeah. Well, um, Ian, one day. Well, yeah. Wasn't it your idea? Yeah, you were like... So Emery does um, a lot of gigs in the summertime uh, at festivals playing in uh, the audience as a wandering minstrel. And um, mm -hmm. I have sort of come on as full-time accompanist okay. these days. And, and so I play upright bass and tuba. Okay. N at the same time? Are... No. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Had to ask. It would be great. It yeah. would be great. That would be something. But so... Uh, my upright bass, of course, is not a walkable instrument, and my tuba is uh, larger than most humans. Sure. Uh, I don't know if there's a video component. <laughs> there isn't, but I'm kind of curious to see it anyway. So, Just you know, so holy this is, crap! This yeah. Is the tuba. It's it's as big and as heavy as me. Sure. So that's <laughs> that's kind of out yeah. for the for the walking shows. So I got a smaller horn. I got a flugelbone. Okay. Uh, which is this guy, so that I could follow along behind her the idea was to book my vacation days from my day job and then go see her play at these festivals and be able to join in and then this all happened yeah but so but we were already preparing a two-person walking show okay cool so we've been going around to people who are not leaving their houses and playing for their windows that's awesome yeah so we started we did it twice so far um, like on a first one was on a Monday or were they both on Sundays? Anyway, Sunday or Monday this today was a little cold. So we yeah. decided not to do it, but, uh, because even just like close by, there's a lot of people I know with like little kids or that are really not leaving their houses. Yeah. And so we decided to like dress up and like walk around the neighborhood and just like, we got six songs together on the flugelbone and accordion and just kind of went went around and serenaded at different people's houses. Like we would just ring the doorbell and then run away. And then, you know, like, <laughs> Was this yeah. a surprise? Did you just show up or did they know you were coming? Um, some of them knew we might come. Right. Um, and then some, some of them was just like, oh, we're really close to this person's house. Let's try and see if they're home. Yeah. So for some of them, it was more like a surprise. We're yeah. we're like we're neighborhood people, so it's 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 very common for us to know a bunch of people sure. on one block. You know. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's and a. Well, sorry. No. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, like both of us are kind of like dropper inner people, so people are used to us just being like, "Hi," you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's how I normally keep in touch with my community. Is sure. Just by, like, knocking on the door if I'm close by or, you know, so. What's well, a creative way of, of being able to play out even though you can't play out, right? I mean, it's, it's an interesting yeah. solution to it for sure. Yeah, so it, it's been really good for us. And I think it's like we've had some really positive, like, reactions from people. And then other neighbors do tend to, like, peek out. Because, sure, yeah. Because we're loud. <laughs> yeah. we're loud enough that you know there's a radius of people that can hear us so. yeah yeah that's cool yeah are you taking requests for that like are, are people gonna are people calling you now and emailing you like asking for them for you to come play at their place or 
well, yeah, actually, there's a few. There's a few who've mentioned. Um, I'm reluctant to put out like a general call to be like, hey, everyone on Facebook, yeah. like, are you secluded? Um, <laughs> because like, I don't want to say like, yeah, we'll come and then not get a chance to. Sure. So, um, so I'm kind of reaching out to people that I know are secluded. And then if they're like, oh, you should go see this lady. Yeah, yeah. You know, like, so we're doing it more like low-key. <laughs> That's cool. Yeah. <laughs> Part of that is uh, organizing who's in a like a small distance from one another, right? Sure. So we, we pick an area and like we're going to do. So we did like West End between Sergeant and Ellis. Oh, yeah. For the first day, right? Yeah. You know, like that kind of thing. And then the second day we went... We we went um, into Wolseley for a couple of because uh, we found out that it was someone was turning five. Oh, cool! <laughs> um, on the day that we were gonna go, so we started there and we like sang happy birthday for her and and then I was like, oh, we have another. I have another friend like just a, a couple blocks down, and I knew like four different people on that block. So I, so we just like rang the doorbells on our way, That's and awesome. then people came out and kind of made a little like socially distanced group yeah, yeah, yeah. around us. Yeah. Cool. So that was fun. Yeah. yeah. That's a cool idea for sure. Yeah. So, I mean, it's, it's weird because like when, when this hit, like I had a whole bunch of shows gigged, uh, shows booked and yeah. lots of things booked. And I do a lot of playing like in old folks homes and hospital and those ones got canceled right away. Of sure. course. And even like high school, yeah, I guess. Yeah. Well, schools, I mean, schools are out for indefinitely. So yeah. Yeah. I was supposed to do some like uh, poetry teaching in a in French classrooms for like um, in, in a high school. OK. And uh, it was the week before the schools closed. So like all of a sudden everything got canceled. That sucks. In that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Come, let's dangle our on the edge with our heads up in the black birds fly around them come let's dangle our legs on the edge with our heads up in the black birds fly around them see the brown house Fly around them. 
must be an ambassador. What are you doing there, sitting there dangling feet? Can't you see I'm a massacre? Chopped up in coat hangers, can't find them off a repeat. You must be an ambassador. What are you doing there, sitting there dangling feet? Can't you see I'm a massacre? Chopped up in coat hangers, can't find them off a repeat. I repeat. I repeat. Come, let's dangle our legs on the edge with our heads up in the blackbirds. Fly around them. Come, let's dangle our legs on the edge with our heads up in the blackbirds. Fly around them. That, that, all the all the quarantine stuff aside, all the you know pandemic madness aside, what can you tell me mm. about the record? Because I mean, this is a this is a first for you, really, right? To release something under your own name. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. The first. Uh, yeah, it's the first under my own name. <laughs> and you've been playing for a long time, so this is like a long time in the yeah. works, I guess, eh? Yeah, and actually, um, there's songs on here that I wrote ten years ago. Oh, really? You know, um, and there's some that are more recent, like it spans a long time. Like some of the songs I already had written when we recorded the Shea Willie, mm-hmm. um, the like I Saw the Wolf album. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and but they just didn't make it or I mean, we yeah, we we just kind of I just looked through everything and those that made the cut are some of them are, are from this year. OK. And some of them are older the the collaborative thing is is new for you too right like the 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 way that the album sort of grew production wise Mm -hmm. were these listening sessions that emory would host at her house where uh, musicians that she wanted involved would come by and emory would play the songs and we'd all just kind of sit there and say like i could do this over on that and like what if we did that here kind of thing yeah sort of and then Emery would take that and construct something cool that she actually wanted yeah it was this um so I guess this album was a lot more intentional in that way um the first one was we did it all like as a bunch of singles and we recorded at the mid-ocean school of media arts yeah largely so it was more like they would give me an email and I would say like oh and they said, okay, next week on Wednesday, we need a band. And so I'd be like, okay, what do I ha- like, what can we do on this day? And then I would get whoever could together okay. and we would go record at Mosma. And then some of them we used and that made the first, that made the, like, I saw the Wolf album. Okay. Whereas the, this one was like, okay, these are the songs I'd like to do. And these are the, the different musicians that I've gotten to know over the years because I've been here now for 11 years yeah so I've gotten to know a few really amazing musicians and I was like okay I would like these people involved so then um, as Ian said I just said okay let's have listening sessions right and and that's when um, a bunch of ideas came up and some things um, are happening in the in this album that wouldn't have happened without those listening sessions you know like uh, yeah especially the horns that was something like I, I've never, um, I had never included horns in, in music before. Like I had never played with a horn player yeah. um, <laughs> on a regular basis. So um, on the album, there's some, there's uh, the contrabass bugle, like the tuba and there's trombone. Yeah. And that, that was definitely Ian being like, Hey, what if I did this? 
Well, that's, that's so the, the, the trombone line story. I think is is neat. So you came to me one day and said that you'd been singing a line to yourself that you thought would work for, oh, the, yeah. for the trombone for blackbirds, for blackbirds yeah. right? Mm -hmm. And told me to bring my. I was doing a day of bass recording, anyways. So bring your trombone, and we'll throw that on while we're at it. So I I did, um, and then. The next week, my my contrabass bugle, my my this is the, the tuba is is a, a different shape than most tubas, so okay. it's, it's got a it's got a different name. So uh, it arrived in the mail because that's of course how you buy an instrument I, I as large as a small person. Uh, <laughs> and so I was super excited. So I brought it over uh, for another bass recording day that I was I was scheduled to do. And um, the uh, the producer and I sent Anne Marie out to go and walk my dog, <laughs> and snuck horn lines onto another tune, cool. and basically pitched it to her when she came home. And said, mm -hmm. "What do you What do you think?" You know, <laughs> and and it it stuck. That's so yeah. made it onto the album. Yeah, and it was great. Yeah, that's, it turned that's out good. That's... Yeah, and by then we'd had so many like mishaps on like. Anyway, recording, there's always little things that it's like, oh, this, okay. Like yeah. every, like all these little things happen and I was like coordinating everything and we were doing it out of my house and like the recording engineer was like staying at my house. Oh, cool. And so it was just like, uh, it was a big scramble. So by the time, by the time that day came, I was a little stressed. And so Ian's like, here, take the dog, <laughs> go away. <laughs> Let me try something, you know? And I was like, okay, okay. <laughs> and that all made but, it off uh, the record? Yes. Oh, that's all. That's cool. Mm -hmm. Very cool. Yeah. Well, I guess horns are something you wouldn't expect to normally include with your music, just style-wise, right? I mean, it's... Uh... Yeah, well, it's changing with the accordion, too. Like, it's... Um, I would say for the guitar songs, I wouldn't think so much for horns. But with accordion, it's a really good pairing. Cool. Yeah. One one thing I wanted to ask you about about your record in general. Obviously, there's a lot of French on there, and mm -hmm. you've always sung in both languages. Um, I recently had uh, Andrina Turan on the podcast, and I was talking to her about singing in French and singing in English and being bilingual in Manitoba. H how does it like? Have you had any difficulties being someone who sings in French in a part of the country where French is a minority language? I mean, obviously, if you go to Quebec and other parts of the country, there's that's that's what everyone's speaking but here there's mm -hmm. definitely pockets of, of franco manitobans for sure but in general if you're playing an i guess you call it an anglo show do you get it how, how is the french how are the french songs received um i think they're received okay like i i kind of at first i was worried more about that uh i would be like oh nobody can understand the lyrics and and what i do often actually is i'll i'll kind of put I won't do a whole set of entirely French songs. Um, so I'll put some English ones in, okay. even though like the majority of my songs are actually in French. But I'll, when I do live shows, I kind of mix it up, especially if it's a mostly Anglo um, audience. Sure. Uh, but another thing I do is that I give an explanation, like just a little before the song, I'll be like, you know, while, while we sing this one, just think about 
this. Yeah, yeah. You know, this is this is the main thought around it. This is the main line, like the line that the song is built around. And okay. so then at least people have some kind of point of reference, you know? Yeah, so that's that's one way. And in a way, like for me, um, sometimes knowing that most people don't understand the lyrics um, gives me a little bit of freedom. Sure. Like it's weird to say it that way, but it it kind of like um, I can say things that I'm like, well, only two people will understand this lyric, <laughs> but I then I feel more brave to say it sometimes. Okay. Yeah. 
you know, like if it's a gruesome lyric or if it's a, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if that makes sense. Do you have a lot of gruesome lyrics? Uh, some. Or not gruesome, but like, <laughs> uh, like it's all poetry, sure, right? It's sure. all imagery and poetry. And so like one song on the album is called Grimpers. Um, and it's like a very like lively song, but it's, it's about working too hard. Okay. Um, so like, you know, one of the lyrics is like the, the climber, the furious climber climbs, uh, you know, she, she, uh, snags her, her bark and her knots and she rips out her stomach and her eyes. Right. It's fairly gruesome. And, yeah. Right. And so, <laughs> and I just sing it, right? Like in a joyful way. Um, <laughs> and I think uh, because it's in French, it's maybe, I don't know, it's easier um, than to say it in English where everybody would be like, oh, what did she say? But I sing it in French and it's like, oh, it's French. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So stuff like that, you know. Um, but that's, I guess that's the only like real gruesome thing um <laughs> do you prefer to write in french like do you is, do you find it easier still or do you, are you is it equally uh simple for you to put that poetry i mean into i words? i just kind of uh i write in whatever language comes so like sometimes i write in english a bunch and sometimes i write in french a bunch it yeah. just depends on what the song wants <laughs> <laughs> like, I sound like a flaky musician. No, no, no. Well, but it's, <laughs> I've always wondered that, though, because, I mean, like, obviously you speak both languages fluently and, mm -hmm. you know, like, you sing in both languages, but it, when you're coming up with a song, does a song, like, decide for itself whether it's going to be French or English or do you kind of yes. have to... It does, yeah? Yes. Like, often the the lyrics and the music come together um, and then I just develop it from there and whatever language it comes in is the language that it ends up cool. in. Um, so it's not like a conscious, like, okay, I'm going to, today I'm going to work, I'm going to write a song in French. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like, it's just kind of like, oh, okay, this one's in French. Is there a tonal difference? Like, do you notice a difference in, in tone when you're writing in one or the other, or are they both kind of equally um, your style or, or however you want to call it? I don't know about like tone so much, but, uh, content yeah. or, or the way... I guess the way that I write in French tends to be more poetic and more um, more imagery. Okay. And uh, in English, I tend to write more direct. I, I would second that. That whenever uh, I, I I am not a fluent French speaker, so okay. when I learn a new tune of Anne Marie's, she will if it's a French one, she'll give me the lyrics. This is oh, cool. this is a translation. And then for, I would say, 100% of those, I also require an explanation afterward. <laughs> this, is, this is what these metaphors are. And this okay. Because it's, 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 it's not direct at all. It's all uh, imagery and, and metaphors, whereas uh, your English writing tends to be quite narrative, right? Mm -hmm. Like a, a lot of the English songs are literally just stories. You just tell yeah. a story from start to finish. Yeah, so I, I yeah I would say that's the main difference. Okay, is um, in in how I write in each language. Mm -hmm. What's interesting? Because yeah, it's it's, it's but I I try to think about it. You know, doing French in high school and stuff. I was always thinking in English first and then translating it to French, and right. and so obviously that's very different than writing something creative. You know, I mean for the most part. But yeah, it's just I always wonder how people do that, especially when people have 
three or four languages they're singing in like you know at that point where where <laughs> what are you thinking in and then how is it coming out it's 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 yeah. always interesting to to think about that yeah so i think no mm-hmm. go ahead go ahead like i find when it's um like when we first met and yeah. my english was like pretty new yeah i was that's when i started to write in english because i was trying to get better at english um but again like i i don't think i was yeah, I probably was translating a little bit. And so sometimes I would say things in a French way. Yeah, yeah. Even if I was writing in English. Whereas now that I've had more English life, I guess. Yeah. Uh, now I I don't think about that, you know? Well, I think that when, when I first met you, when you first started playing those those solo shows, um, you were singing almost entirely in English, weren't you? Yeah. yeah. In high school, yeah. I was. Yeah. Yeah. That was like a time of like, okay, I'm going to learn English now. And I was focusing on that. It's a good way to um, do it. Yeah. Just like, okay, moving to Winnipeg. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but, um, and I was, I was a bit kind of, I wouldn't say that I was like rejecting my French heritage or anything like that, but I was working really hard at, at my, even my accent, like losing sure. my French accent so that people, the the only thing that people used to, like as soon as they would that I would start to speak, they would be like, "Oh, you're French. Let's talk about that." And after a while, I was like, "Ugh, yeah. I don't want to talk about being French anymore." So. And here I am, and I've known you for years, and I'm talking to you on on the podcast about being French. But... <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, but it's relevant in this conversation sure. because uh, most of my album is in French. Yeah, yeah, actually. totally. Yeah. There's only two English songs on this one. Now that uh, you know the album will come out in a different way than you planned it, but you, you had this kind of idea of having a larger band and more people involved. Is that still the direction you want to go with this once the pandemic is over or are you going to keep it stripped down? Well, it depends. I guess um, the idea about making a bigger production of an album, I guess, um, was to kind of have a calling card and say and so that so that I could apply um, to bigger events like festivals and because um, most of the time I can't afford to play with a big band because I like I don't want um, I don't want to ask professional musicians to play for free that's really what it is Um, and I don't want to say like oh come play as an eight-piece band (laughs) or whatever yeah Um, and you're probably not gonna get paid and we're gonna you know like and so I want to create a situation where, but I love it. I love it when, when a bunch of people can play. It's, it fills out the sound. And so I, I guess making this album a little bit was um, a way for me to say, okay, let's take a shot at this. Let's see if we can do some bigger shows yeah. and, and kind of like, you know, send, send the CD around and be like, and to festivals and say, hey, this is what we could sound like if you could hire us as a full band, right? Cool. Um, because normally, like, the the shows that I do, like, my I guess my bread and butter shows, I would say, are either solo or duo. Yeah. And may, maybe trio. Um, but even trio, like, most people don't want to pay that much for a show. Like if it's playing for origi- for um, individuals or you know private events or yeah. things like that, uh, they don't normally, yeah. They don't have they a budget for it. Yeah. They don't have a budget for it. So, um, so yeah, I guess I want to keep doing the little shows too, but um, it would be nice 
you know, <laughs> that's what I was going to try to do yeah. is, is with this album. Well, I'm still going to try to do that is just see if we can get a few bigger shows um, so that we can do some, some full band arrangements. And Cool. Yeah. Has, have the full band arrangements sort of changed the way that you look at the songs when you're playing them solo? Now that you've yeah. heard other people's kind of... I can hear input. it. Yeah. Yeah, I can hear it all. Like, uh, when I play by myself, I have all the parts in my head. And I know where they are, all are, you know? And um, so it, it makes me want to figure out ways to, to do that, to, to have more people okay. play. Yeah. Have you had to adjust the way you play them at all just because the arrangements have changed? Or do you um, still do the stripped-down versions the same way? Well, hmm. No, I have. Some of them have changed. Um, there's one in particular on the album called Vendredi 13, like Friday, Friday the 13th. Yeah. <laughs> um, that one, um, that one was, was quite short and, um, I've, I've added an introduction that doesn't even include the accordion at first. Okay. Like it starts just with violin and flute actually, and a little bit of mandolin. Cool. Right. Um, and then I come on. Uh, on the album, but then in when I play it live, I end up playing that introduction and like letting the space come, like letting people get into the song before I start to sing. Cool. Um, and that wasn't the case before I started working with other musicians who made suggestions about that. You know? De son ventre, une poudre de cendre, de sa main, 
asking this question because everyone hates answering it but how, how do you define the type of music you're playing on this record because i think it's easy to just call you a folk artist because people often see you just playing acoustic guitar or even accordion but accordion is kind of people get different ideas when they see that instrument right but like we're, yeah. we're, how would you classify it if you had to if someone hears oh you have a record what does it sound like like do you have a short form um, way to explain that well i mean i guess I don't normally say folk, even though it is it is folk in a way. Um, but I, I find if I tell people I do folk music, they often think, oh, it's just, you know, a guy with a guitar singing about, you know, <laughs> the life. You know, like, and whereas what I do, like, normally if people are like, oh, what do you sound like? Yeah. Um, I'll often tell them what people tell me they hear when they, so... When I play, often people are like, oh, I feel like I'm in Paris. Oh, like... That's because the accordion, for sure, right? That's got to yeah. be that. Yeah, yeah. So there's there's an association with the type of accordion playing that I do and French movies, sure. I think. Sure, sure. Yeah, I can do uh, that. Yeah. Because none of those people have actually been to Paris, probably. You know, like... Um, but they have this association with, like, French cafe music. Sure. Um, people with berets hear... walking around carrying baguettes over sure. their shoulder. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mimes. And I mean... And really, I, I do that, like, when I do, especially the wandering shows, um, like I sometimes play in restaurants, yeah. in wandering shows, and, and it does create that kind of ambiance. Um, so then when people are like, oh, like, what do you sound like? Um, that's often what I tell them. I'm like, well, I think I sound like old French movies. Okay. <laughs> Not all the songs are like that, but a lot of the accordion songs kind of, make people think of that yeah um some people say like it's chanson yeah yeah like sure. The song would be chanson. sure um but then my english songs aren't really exactly like that 
you know, like the guitar ones sound more, some of them sound more like traditional folk songs, you know, like more conventional folk songs. Sure. I guess. Mm-hmm. So it's I mean, it's definitely hard to pin down, I think. Yeah. Uh, I haven't found a, like a word for it yet. Okay. Okay. It's music. Where, where does that accordion style come from, though? Like, I mean, because obviously there's a bunch of different ways you can play an accordion, and like you say, yours definitely reminds people of Paris in the movies, right? So, yeah. <laughs> what influenced you to play it in that style versus the other options that are out there for accordions? I don't know. Like, I guess the the first song I wrote on accordion, it was just like the song came and then I wrote it, and it sounded like that. So, okay. I imagine that maybe from listening to French music from growing up French. Sure. Um, I'm sure I, I, you know, like Edith Piaf. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All those things. And it's not like my parents listen to that. Actually, my parents mostly listen to classical music. Okay. So I grew up listening a lot to a lot of classical music. But also, I've seen a lot of old French films too, right? Sure, so sure. I, I believe that anything we hear is kind of will influence what we produce. Yeah, sure, guess, sure. Musically. Um, so I can't really say, oh, it's this person or, you know, this artist exactly. But I think it's just like a general absorption of sounds. Cool. If that makes any sense. It does. It does. Yeah, yeah. It's, yeah. Well, I, I, don't, I can't think of many other people I know who play accordions, at least not in the way that they actually use it in their regular performances. Like, I know people who have them kicking around and play around with them every once in a while, but mm-hmm. I, I can't imagine as many in Winnipeg who are playing accordion to the level that you are. In terms of just well, the amount of songs that include it. Sure. I mean, there's there's some really good accordion players in, in Winnipeg, for sure. Um, I don't know, like, that many who use it as, like, and sing. Sure. Like, play and sing sure. as, a main, as a main act. Um, but I'm, I'm sure there are. Oh, there's got to be, like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, there's got to be, like, there's... But, uh, but I know a few really good accordion players that I look up to. Cool, cool. <laughs> too, so... Uh, I wouldn't say that I do, like, that I'm the only accordion, you know, like... Sure, yeah, yeah, I know. Wait, is there, like, an underground accordion community in Winnipeg? Like, do you all know each other and uh, talk shop? No, or not no? necessarily. <laughs> but sometimes, sometimes we meet each other. Cool. Sometimes we obs- we admire each other from afar. <laughs> yeah, right on. Cool. So, if people are hearing, this for the- hearing about you for the first time on this podcast or hearing your songs for the first time, what's the best mm-hmm. way for them to find out more information about where to get your album, about where you might be playing shows once shows start happening again? Um, well, I have a Manitoba music page. Okay. That's just under my own name, like Anne-Marie Willio. Okay. So, I tend to post on there um, when I have shows coming up. And um, on Facebook, too, I have a Facebook page under my own name. Okay. Um, so that's a place where I'll post. And uh, I also have an email list, uh, just an old school email list. Cool. <laughs> that's, and the email list people, like, if people want to get on my email list, they can just send me a message or, um, and then I can add them. So that's a really good way to find out um, about new events. Cool. Mm-hmm. And then the actual release that's happening, despite all of this craziness going on, do you want to just give the details of that again? Yes. Um, so Ian Cherry here and I <laughs> are going to be doing a Facebook Live um, show on Sunday, April 19th Cool. at 7 p.m. And it's going to be from my Facebook page, so from Anne-Marie Willio Facebook page. <laughs> and then as far as... Oh, sorry. this room. This, this, this exact room. room, yeah, yeah, right on, right on. <laughs> yeah. And then the actual release of it, it'll be online. Is it going to be on all those streaming services and stuff, or? 
Um, so far, I've figured out Bandcamp. Okay. But, um, That's I the only mean, one I use, too, so I, I don't know how to... Yeah, yeah um, but Ian was like, oh, you should put it on, you know, different ones. And so I'm, I'm definitely going to just find out about those and how to do that. Yeah. Um, I'm a little bit, like, I'm always a little bit tentative, so I don't... Um, I still have to figure it out. Yeah, no. <laughs> but uh, online, for sure, on Bandcamp. Okay. And then hopefully... Um, on other streaming services too. And then the physical CDs are just basically by ordering directly from you? Yes. Um, so for the physical CDs, I've been getting people to just send me a message if they're interested. And, uh, oh, do you want to see it? Yes, I do. Oh, right on. looks good. Nice. <laughs> uh, oh, very fancy. No one can see this while he was listening, but they'll, they'll, they'll order one and then they'll see it. Then they'll see it. They'll right? order one. Yeah. Um, so I've just been sending them in the mail. Cool. Um, for people, and so I'm I'm just doing like e-transfer, and you know people send me a message and I say, okay, what's your what's your address? Cool. And if it's close by, I'll actually just go hand deliver it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> maybe we'll come by and sing you a song. Yeah, on, you never know. A, if, you're, if you're close enough, maybe we'll, we'll hit you on a walking. Show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And then once we're out playing out again, um, that's how I sell my CDs is just having them. That shows. Cool. Okay. Mm -hmm. And I guess just whenever, right? You probably carry a bunch of them with you. And (laughs) if someone sees you on the street, hey, here's Uh, a CD. Hey. (laughs) Well, not really. Uh, (laughs) But definitely when I'm playing, I generally have a few on me. Cool. So. And then the the, the Facebook stream is going to be the, what, the album back to front? Are you playing the whole thing? Yeah, we're going to play the album. Cool. Yeah. And just so people can get a little taste, you know, and it won't it won't sound like the album because there's there's so many different layers on the album that we'll be missing. Like this is like I don't know if you can see this. Um, this is a list of all the people that played. Like, That's a lot of people. Yeah, I can't know, see it very well from here, but yeah, I can see you a lot of names. Know? Should I tell you who's on it? Yeah. As before a- before you do that, I just wanted to ask um for the again just for the live stream thing. So Ian, what are you playing on that? Are you playing those crazy horns that are? Uh... Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so well, the way that we uh, that we did it, we did we've done one of these live stream shows before, and it, it worked out really well. So I play bass mostly, right? Because that makes the most sense. Yeah. But there are uh, I did two tunes on tuba and two tunes on the flugelbone, and when I do the tunes on the horns, the horn lines are uh, composite of the bass line, the horn lines, existing horn lines, the cello line, and the violin line. Oh, cool. So all of that melodic material that we're missing, because we're used to hearing that when we listen to the album, um, I try and sort of incorporate into those those horn lines. Uh, and then that's what we do for the for the walking show. The uh, the fingerings are the same on the tuba and the flugelbone, so I do the same thing on the smaller horn okay. when I'm doing the whole show. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's yeah, Ian's done it very nicely actually. Just kind of being like, okay, these are some sounds that we have. Or sometimes I'm like, oh, try this line. This is the cello line normally, but yeah. when it's just the two of us, it's oh, that one's missing. Why don't you try this one? Or so. Yeah, mm-hmm. it works out really nicely. Cool. Yeah, so that's why that's why we say like it's not gonna sound exactly like the CD because there's so many layers that are missing. Yeah. Um, but but it'll be nice. It'll be its own thing, you know. I think we found in the last show there was a, there was a really fun response to when I picked up the tuba. That, that's <laughs> what that's what I look forward to most is yeah. when it 
finally comes time for me because I had it just just out of sight uh, of the camera, and then I pick it up and it sits on my shoulder like a bazooka. Okay, and it's and like I say, it's this, the size of a like a fully grown child. <laughs> it's bigger than your children. Oh, I believe it. Yeah, yeah. It's bigger, sure. than your children, bigger than your children. I believe it. But um, yeah, so that's that's what we're gonna do. That's what we can call the next album. Bigger than your children. <laughs> Well, this one is already this one is already called Giant Horse. Yeah, yeah, it's a, yeah, good name. Yeah, the next yeah. album will be bigger than your children. <laughs> it's a good name. Yeah, we might think of our best. <laughs> do you want to do you want to mention like name drop all the people who played on it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's do it. You shout so, out to. So, um, Natalia Felicitas, as we mentioned before, played cello. And sang. Everyone sang too. Cool. That's the other thing cool. that's different um, from the other album is that I got everyone. Everyone who played instruments also did either singing or gang vocals, like nice. kind of some backups, and and a couple people came just to sing, too. So um, yeah, there's way more voices involved. In cool. So anyway, so Nathaniel Felicitas played cello and sang, and then Claude Saint Arnaud uh, was our violinist. Um, and she she's amazing too. Like she was in the Winnipeg Symphony oh, well. uh, for like over twenty years, and now she's she's in Quebec now. So she was the one who was gonna sure. fly over for the show. Um, and then Ian played upright bass trombone and the contrabass bugle. And uh, Seuss J A Seuss played keys. Okay. So played piano and the Korg like synthesizer. Cool. Cool. Um, and then, oh, and also Seuss played flute on one song. And Charlie Wilson in Nova Scotia. Uh, I went to Nova Scotia to do a tour, and she put on um, a flute part and a vocal part. Cool. Too. So, and she's an amazing flautist. I just love her. She normally does trad. And she, anyway. And then Jude Pelly, who is a really good friend of mine who also has been based out of Nova Scotia. Um, and he played mandolin and guitar and sang, and he also engineered the album. Cool. So he was the, the recording engineer. Um, and then I had, um, Natalia Polischuk and, uh, Vince Andrushko. Okay. Both sang, came to sing. Uh, yeah, that's all the people. It's and all me, the people. Of course. Yeah. And then, um, as far as the... We got uh, Jamie Sitar to ma- to uh, master it from Out of Town Sound. Right on. Um, and then Luna, um, Wanda Luna, did the artwork. This beautiful um, horse. Yeah. And then the horse. There's also a horse on the CD itself. Cool. So Very cool. Yeah, her, I like it. Her artwork. It's gorgeous. And then uh, my friend uh, Sandra Leone and uh, Charlie Ray Walker helped do the design. They both worked on the design with me. Cool. So, and then there's this lady, um, Brenda Hudson, took this picture. Oh, yeah. I can see it. I get small, but I can see it. Yeah, yeah. Right on. Yeah. So, uh, yes, that would be the whole team. Awesome. No, so that's there's a, lots of people. I'm, I'm, glad you, I'm glad you have this. It sucks the timing, right, with everything happening, but I'm glad it's, it's out and you're putting this record out. I, I'll definitely want to get a copy at some point whenever the... Great. whenever we can make that happen <laughs> but yeah no I'm, yes. I'm i'm glad i'm glad we could do this uh i know last time you were on the show was like six years ago or something and it was very different kind of podcast at that point but uh mm. yeah it's nice to to connect and, and get you on the show and hear about the new record 
For sure. Thank you. Right on. Thanks a lot.
coupé en languette, il ne colle. 